Hello and welcome to the Father's House Church. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message from our lead pastor, Greg Fraser. Hallelujah. Well, the word Advent just means arrival. And so obviously the Advent calendar that we are following is something that uh, actually occurs in every one of the major denominations of Christendom. The Catholics practice this, the Orthodox, the Protestants all practice this thing called Advent. And there are four candles for the four themes of Advent. And so there's the hope candle, the peace candle, the joy candle, the love candle. These things all represent the dawning or the advent or the arrival of those things. And the scripture that we read today talked about where the advent of hope arrived. And let me read a portion of that scripture to you again right now. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Now, how many of you like darkness? Anybody here? Few people. Few people kind of, you know, like it to be dark in a room when they try and go to sleep and different things. But this is not talking about physical darkness. This is talking about a darkness that is far more penetrating and far more devastating. And it's really talking about the darkness that has been cast by the shadow of death. And that word uh, means misery, destruction, death, ignorance, sorrow, wickedness, obscurity, and that, in that sense, that spiritual night. The Bible says that everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death. And so this is that kind of death. This is what this is talking about. There's this, this kind of thickness of the, of the, the weight of, of this idea of the death and uh, the darkness that comes because of this issue of sin and death and destructiveness. And so to understand it more completely, we have to understand that he's talking about emotional death and darkness. Have you ever felt shame? Have you ever felt fear? Have you ever felt misery or obscurity? Or does anyone know what I'm going through? And how do I get free from emotional darkness? Well, what about physical darkness? If you've ever needed health in your body and you've gone through a different, difficult time of health or someone you know and love is going through a difficult time in their health and it's like there's this, this, this you know, oppression and this, this power that comes and, and if you've ever been through a, a terminal illness or or something, you know what I'm talking about, and you're like, this, this weight of death is what the Scripture is talking about. How about social darkness? Broken relationships, or families, or communities, or even nations. Of course, we know moral darkness, the lack of justice and love in our world, and ultimately spiritual darkness, separation from God, and all that we're intended to be through our connection with Him. Our scripture says the light has dawned upon those that are trapped in one of these forms of darkness. Are you following what I'm saying? And so every one of us in this room can connect to and relate somewhat to this scripture 
because all of mankind suffers from this, this, this darkness that is trying to oppress us. But the good news is, in the midst of that, there is a hope. A hope has come. A hope is talking about the light that has dawned, that has been revealed in the midst of a world struggling with anyone and all these different forms of darkness. A hope has been born. Well, what is hope? Hope is a picture of a preferred future. And so for you and I, hope is a very, very important thing. Because when you're in the midst of suffering through darkness, and you can label that any way you want, okay? And you're going through that struggle, I'm going to tell you, you need hope. You need to have a picture of a way through that. And you need to understand this is what the Scripture is promising. And without hope, we're in big trouble because if we don't have a vision of a better future, man, tough life gets hard. And I'm going to tell you, when you don't have a clear picture of hope, and hope is really the deliverance of God coming upon a situation, whether it's physical, emotional, social, a sin issue, every one of us needs to have that deliverance, that power of the vision of hope. There's a way out of this. There's a way through this. And this is where we are today. But we need to understand some things about hope if we're not going to get disillusioned and disappointed. We live in a mick instant society. We want answers now. We want satisfaction now. We want instant gratification. We want what we want, and we want it now. That is not how hope works. <laughs> and if you don't understand the process of hope, you are going to be very frustrated in your life. You see, on the other side of hope is the preferred future. On the other side is the moral, the social, the physical, the emotional deliverance from death into the life and life abundant that Christ promises. Amen? So this is where we're going. This is how we, the idea is as I'm living in my life. You know, the Bible says... Um, for you as believers, that you are to live from faith to faith, and the righteous shall live by faith. And, and really, you know, hope is that picture, listen to me, hope is that picture that faith goes to work on in the present. Hope is that picture of the future that my faith goes to work on in this present moment and reality. So Greg Fraser lives from faith to faith. He wants to walk from faith, gaining the victory, gaining the deliverance, gaining the hope, gaining the picture, the reality, it becomes reality. And then God says, now you're going to go from faith to faith. Now that word to, how many of you know, can be a long word. It can be the longest word in the Bible. It's only two letters. But man, I'll tell you, when you're in the midst of waiting on the other side, you want to get through something, have anybody ever been there besides me? When you're living in your two, <laughs> when you're living in your T.O. moment, how do we have faith in the midst of that moment? And that's why today I want to talk about the burden of hope. You see, it's a burden because you have to carry on while you wait for the vision to come to pass. 
And if you don't understand that, you will never understand the process or the burden of hope. And this is where we want to talk today. Amen? Okay. Well, you might as well agree because we're going there. (laughs) So, Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Lord, I know that you have something to impart to every single soul in this room today. And so, Father God, I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive and to respond to you, and to understand that part of life is to learn how to carry the burden of hope. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Okay, here's the first burden, the burden of hope. The burden of hope is to remember you are not alone even when you feel totally alone. You ever felt and gone through something in your life where you feel totally alone? I think all of us could say, yeah, no one really understands what I'm going through. And really the truth is no one can totally understand what you're going through unless they've gone through it with you and are really in the midst of it with you. And the greatest fear, church, of the shadow of death, the greatest fear, no matter what part of that you're going through, whether it's emotional, physical, social, sin issue, it doesn't matter. The greatest fear is that I'm alone. I'm alone. And so this is the burden of hope that you and I need to start with and understand. Here's the greatest truth that we need to grasp and it's just something that you need to grasp and you need to hang on to. You are not alone. You are not alone. You see, the greatest truth of the kingdom of God, the greatest truth of your salvation, the greatest doctrine that the church must celebrate and hold on to more than any other thing is this. You are not alone because Christ is in you and you are in Christ. This is the greatest truth of all of Christianity and the whole message of the church is that God wants to do life together with those who are prisoners and trapped in darkness and deliver them out of that and give them hope. You are not alone. You see, God's address is your present reality. It's not on the other side of what you're going through. It's not, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's in the moment of two. It's from the faith to faith moment. It's right there. God is present with you. You are not alone. You need to remind yourself of this continually. (laughs) Isaiah 9, the scripture we read says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of His government and peace, there will be no end. So church, what does it mean that the government is upon His shoulders? Well, that is just talking about that carrying a burden across your shoulders, obviously, the place of burden bearing. And how many of you know that's a picture of Jesus and the cross? And the cross of Jesus Christ is where God bore 
the sin and bore the shame and bore the darkness. I want you to understand that upon Christ's shoulders was placed this burden of this fear of death, this destructiveness that God is wanting to deliver you and I from. You see, Jesus Christ carried the government of death. He carried the burden of death. This is what you're about to celebrate in just a couple minutes. This is what the cross is. The cross of Jesus Christ is where Jesus Christ bore the sin, the shame, the sickness, the darkness, every moral thing that can come against your life, Christ bore that old government away on a thing called a cross. The government shall be upon his shoulders. So you and I have to learn something, and what we have to learn while we're carrying the burden of hope is we have to learn how to shift the things that we're going through onto the cross of Jesus Christ and onto the burden that He bore for you. This is the deal. This is the great exchange. He's carrying the government of death in order to give you the new government of life. Do you want proof of that? Yes, pastor, I want proof of that. Here we go, Colossians chapter 2. You ready for this? When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins and having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us, He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. And so you and I have this burden, and I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're facing, but as you go through life, you're going to have to learn to live faith to faith. You're going to have to learn how to live in that two moment, and you're going to have to learn how to carry the burden, and part of it is you need to know you are not alone. You are not alone. And your job is to cast all your cares. The Bible says, cast your anxiety on Him, for He cares for you. And who are you with in the midst of this two moment? Who are you with as you live from faith to faith and carry the burden of hope? Well, our text told us you're with the wonderful counselor. And that word is parakletos, which just means one who stands beside you, strong to defend you. How many of you know that's a good person to be in partnership with? When you're living in a two moment, (laughs) when you're in your faith to faith moment, you're in partnership with the mighty God. He does not lack the strength to save And so as we go through the process of waiting to get through to the other side of whatever we're dealing with, you are with the mighty God. Amen? And you are with the everlasting Father. He is the one who's chosen you, who will never leave you nor forsake you. You are in His hand. The Bible says nothing can snatch you from His hand. You are with the Prince of Peace. And that word means wholeness and fullness and prosperity. Not only is He the Prince of Peace in your moment, but He will be with you throughout and to the very end. He will walk with you every step of the way. This is the promise of Jesus Christ. 
You are carrying the burden (laughs) of feeling alone, but you have to remind yourself, and you have to come into the house of God, and you have to open your word. Church, you know, it's amazing to me when people are going through difficult times, run to the house of God. Do not run away from the house of God. Run to the house of God and say, God, here I am. You know, you sing these songs, and I want you to understand what you're doing in that moment, church. In the moment you sing the songs, in the moment you close your eyes, in the moment you close yourself in, what you're actually doing is you are sowing seeds of faith in the midst of your two moment. When you're in the pressure of the two moment, living from faith to faith, waiting for the hope, waiting for the deliverance, waiting for the marriage to be set free, waiting for the freedom to come into your life, waiting for the healing to come into your life, you are pressing in and you are saying, I am sowing seed in this moment, and as I declare what God has done and the faithfulness of God in my life, I am standing and I'm sowing seed. This is what it means. You're still living in the tension. Are you with me? You're not through yet. But this is what hope does. It sees God. It sees the picture of deliverance. And it keeps moving in the present moment. You are not alone. You are not alone. You know, if these names don't just quite grip you, well, find another name. You know, go online Type in names, titles, and descriptions of God by Henry Blackaby. There's hundreds of names that come up of God. I paste this in my Bible. So when I'm praying and I'm like starting off, and the Bible says when I start to pray, it says, My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, when Greg Fraser's going through his moment of of going through the two moment of his life, and he's going through it, and he's like, where are you, God? Sometimes I just have to find the name of God. Are you following me? Sometimes I have to look it up, and I have to say, okay, God, you are the shelter in the time of storm. How many of you know that's a good name when you're going through a storm? Amen? Okay, so God who strikes the blow... Sounds like a great name, God. The forgiving God. How many of you need forgiveness in your life? Amen. Him who is able to keep you from falling. How many of you know that's a good name for God? That God, you have so surrounded me. You're so with me, God. You're so connected to me, God. You shall keep me from falling, Lord. This is what it means to carry the burden of hope. You see... Jesus has to remind us all the time that I chose you. You did not choose me. And I chose you to bear fruit, and fruit that will last. In the midst of intense battles in our lives, church, whether that's physical, emotional, mental, social, it doesn't matter. You are not alone. And sometimes all you can do is ask other people to pray with you. You know, that's a good thing too. Sometimes all you can do is go to the altar and say, you know what, can you pray with me? Because, man, I'm going through it right now. I'm in the midst of a two moment. I'm living from faith to faith. God, help me. God, help me. The first thought, church, is you're living in faith and living in hope is you're not alone. Here's the second one. The burden of hope is to remember God is good 
when what you're going through is not. How many of you, that's a burden? Anybody ever figured that out? You ever feel like you're defending God sometimes? Man, God, you claim to be good, but man, what I'm going through is not that good right now. I don't know if anybody's ever been there before in their life. You see, the brutal lie in our modern Christianity church is that we think things should be easy, trouble, and pain-free. It's a lie. It's actually not true. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. (laughs) But take heart, I've overcome the world. Okay, I'm telling you how to get through storms right now, church. I'm telling you how to live in hope. I'm telling you how to carry the burden of hope. And you need to understand there are times in your life when you're going to be tempted to believe God is not good. Now I'm going to tell you a little secret about the devil. (laughs) We think the devil brings every bad thing into our life. He doesn't. But you know what he's an expert at? Do you know what he does better than any other being? He accuses God of not being good when you go through difficult things. That's his biggest, the accuser. That's the number one thing he does, church. If God was really good, would you go through this? He accuses God's word and he accuses God's character. Has anybody ever figured this out yet? (laughs) This is what he does. And so you and I, by coming to the house of God, by coming into the presence of the Lord, by saying, you know what, you know, I, I'm going to go to the house of the Lord. No matter what I'm going through in my life, I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to go to the house of God. Why? I need to be encouraged by His presence. I need to be reminded that He is good, even when what I'm going through is not good. Because you will face those times, church. It's part of the burden of hope. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And the way we do that, church, when we go through difficult times, is we remember. (laughs) We force ourselves to remember. You see, pain is so myopic. Anybody figured this out? When Greg Fraser's going through a hard time, it's like the commercial, you know, the guy that, the guy that gets sick, and then you know, remember this commercial where he starts calling out to his wife, Pam, Pam. It's like pain is so myopic. You understand? It's like my world is so brutal right now, nobody can understand. And then, you know, when he says to Pam, Pam, call my mom. You know, like that's just <laughs> not cool, buddy, but, but I understand that. And so we get locked in this pain. Are you with me? We're locked in the moment of wanting deliverance from what we're living and going through in our life. And God calls us to remember. It's one of the great secret powers of the Christian. Psalm 42, 6, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will complain bitterly. It's not what it, it's not what it says. <laughs> 
just so you, everyone's looking up, where's that verse? I need that verse. That's got to go on my car. No, that's not a good verse for the car. Let me read it again. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. I will remember you, God, from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar, Psalm 77, 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Psalm 78, 35, they remembered that God was their rock and that God was the one, the most high God, and God was their redeemer. They remembered. They remembered. Have you ever had to get a hold of yourself and start remembering the goodness of God in your life? Amen? This is why we're here. This is why we gather. You know, people as they're going through difficult times. And, and you know, COVID was a great example and, and, and church numbers are down across North America and probably the world. And people are like, well, what's the point going through COVID? Oh man, hoorah, hoorah, who cares? You're going to heaven. Remember, remember the goodness of God. Remember the deliverance of the Lord. Remember what you've come out of and remember where you're going one day. Amen and hallelujah. The call of remembrance is the call. Do you know, remembrance is the actual theme of the Sabbath that the Jews practice every week. It's remembering. That's literally what they're to do in the Sabbath, once a week. It's a holy day. It's a holiday. And they go into the synagogue, and they remember where they've been delivered from. They remember God, first and foremost. Then they remember what they've been delivered from, and then they remember where they're going. That is what they're called to remember every single week when they gather. Church, you're called to remember. Amen? Because in this life, you're going to have hard times. So you better remember. You better remember. Well, here, let's keep going. The burden of hope is to remember you're not alone when you feel totally alone. The burden of hope is to remember God is good when what you're going through is not good. Here's the third burden of hope. The burden of hope is to remain faithful in the present when all you want is relief from the present. I mean, how do you sing that song that we're going to sing at the end? You know? I'm not enough unless you come. Would you meet me here again? Or is it, I'm not enough unless you come. Would you meet me here again? There's two ways to sing that song, amen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, dang, Lord, I didn't know I could go through this much. Woo! (laughs) Let me just take a break. The burden of hope is to remain faithful in the present when all you want is relief from the present. (sighs) What do you do when there's no relief from your situation? So let me ask that a different way. Uh, Excuse me. (coughs) Excuse me. What do you do when you don't know what to do? 
Strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. Good answers. I love you guys. You guys are preaching my sermon. That's so true. Proverbs 3 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. That's the second scripture I ever memorized in my life. It's a gooder. It's a gooder. You should memorize that one, Proverbs 3, 5. But it's actually the passages around that text that are so interesting to me. And I'll tell you why they're interesting. Because they actually tell you what to do when you don't know what to do. And so this is what those passages that surround that text tell you. Here it is. First one is remain teachable. That sucks. I hate hearing that one, Lord. (laughs) My son, do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. You know, one of the greatest characteristics you can have as a human being is to be teachable. (laughs) Great times of testing and challenge come. What are you supposed to be? Teachable? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I understand, but it's there, okay? You You ever have those moments of asking God, like, what are you doing at this time? Has anybody ever asked that question? Like, God, what are you doing? What are you trying to teach me? Anybody ask that question? God will answer you, by the way. (laughs) I think the number one question nobody asked during COVID was, God, what are you doing? And God, what are you revealing in me? Because what it revealed in the hearts of people was astounding. What it revealed in my heart was astounding. You ever ask the question, like crazy questions, like how am I responding and reacting to what's happening around me right now? Am I trying to control everyone and everything? Or am I trusting you, God? You ever had that fierce of a conversation with yourself? Oh, Lord. Am I fearful? Am I angry? Are you teachable in this moment? Remain humble is the second bookend. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Remain humble when you're going through it. (laughs) You ever had to remain humble in the midst of going through a hard time? And have you ever had, like, let me, let's just be honest. Have you ever had a tantrum in the midst of a hard time? You don't have to put up your hand. You know, you ever have that clarifying moment with yourself that you say, you know, I can have a tantrum, but at the end of this, I still have to go back to God. So you can skip the tantrum and just go right back to God at the beginning. It helps. Okay? You're like, Pastor Greg, this is not a pleasant sermon. I understand. It's okay. Here's the second thing you do when you don't know what to do. Another one of the part of the bookend. It's the second half of the bookend. Maintain love and faithfulness. I love this one. It says, let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Maintain love and faithfulness. Maintain, what do I do when I don't know what to do? Maintain love and faithfulness. Love means to fulfill the obligations that arise from relationships. How many of you know you have a whole lot of world that you can love while ever you're going through what you're going through? Amen? 
You can fulfill the obligations of the people around you that are in your life, of your family, of your friends, of your enemies, of your neighbors. You can go through the hardest time and you can still buy a coffee for the guy behind you at Tim Hortons. can fulfill the obligations of love and maintain. It says, bind faithfulness to yourself. The tiniest acts of love and faithfulness are better than the best intentions of doing something more. Amen? The tiniest acts of love are better than the best intentions. Just maintain love and faithfulness, church. This is the burden of hope. This is the burden that you have to carry when you have to understand to remain faithful in the present when all you want is relief from the present. Hallelujah. So here's the question. How can I demonstrate love and faithfulness right now in my life? That's, it's not, forgive this language, but it's not that sexy. It's just the day-to-day grind of living and loving people and being faithful. This is the burden of hope. While you're walking through your stuff and you're waiting to get through this moment, God says maintain love and faithfulness. Here's the next one, and I really hate this one, but God wouldn't let me not put it down. The burden of hope is the reality that what you're going through is not only about you. (laughs) That's the hardest thing I can say to you right now. Sometimes we go through things in our life that we don't wish upon our worst enemies. Anybody ever been there? And sometimes it's bigger than you. 2 Corinthians 1 says this. All praise to God and the Father of our Master, Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing counsel. It comes alongside of, He comes alongside of us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, He brings us along someone else who's going through a hard time so we can be there for that person, just as God was there for us. We have plenty of hard times that come from following the Messiah, but no more so than the good times of healing comfort. We get a full measure of that also. Amen? So a little bit of my wife's story. You've heard me probably share this in the past. If not, when my wife was young, a young woman in her uh, young adult age, she was driving her family in the winter to go visit a sister, and she was on icy conditions, and the car in front of her began to swerve out of control, and Betty tried to correct and get out of the way of the oncoming vehicle. She swerved out of control, got in a head-on collision, that instantly killed her mother who was in the car with her. Brutal. Horrible. No coming back from that one. And everyone tried to comfort her, and she thought to herself, no one gets what I'm going through. Until at the funeral, 
there was a priest. The priest, the local priest, came to the funeral. And he took Betty aside and he said, I know what you're going through. And Betty thought to herself, you don't have a clue what I'm going through. You could not possibly know what I'm going through. And then he shared the story of a year ago that he had been going to the main city in Newfoundland and he took one of his parishioners to an appointment and he fell asleep while he was driving and had a collision that killed his parishioner. How many of you know that's a horrible story? Both of them. But in that moment, that horrible story was able to comfort my wife that this man really did know what I'm going through. Church, this is part of the body of Christ. And sometimes you're going to go through things in your life that are so horrible and so terrible, you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. But yet God can use even that to help someone else in the midst of their two moment while they're going through their broken moment. And this is part of why we need each other, you guys. I, I can't comprehend what my wife went through. I can't comprehend what some of you are going through in your life. But I know there are those around you that can, that can walk with you as you go through the journey of hope and carry the burden of hope. Amen? This is part of being in the body of Christ, church. And here's the last one. The burden of hope is that its ultimate fulfillment is otherworldly. The band's going to come back now. The burden of hope is that its ultimate fulfillment is otherworldly. Okay, so 10, 11, 12 years ago, whatever it was, when I first got diagnosed with MS, I began a journey of pressing into God like I've never prayed in my life, okay? So I fasted, I prayed every week, I, I prayed twice a day, I, I, I took communion every day. I, I did everything you can do. I went through every spiritual discipline you can go through. I confessed all my own sins, all of your sins, and everybody's sins from Canada and the nations beyond. I did everything I could do in order to be set free and delivered from that sickness. Now, the problem with that thinking is, what if it takes longer than you think? And what can happen is you can become very discouraged and disillusioned. And you can say, God, whatever. Why aren't you fulfilling your promises? Why are there hard times in this life? Why do we go through things that we go through, God? And this is why hope has to be a burden and the ultimate fulfillment of Hope Church is not in this life. Now, I'm believing God for healing. I believe Him every day. I'm pressing in and believing still, but I don't live in this, it has to happen, God, or you're not faithful. Amen? But in the meantime, 
I'm not alone. In the meantime, God is still good. Even when I'm going through, is not good. In the meantime, it's bigger than me and there's things for me to learn while I go through it. And in the meantime, I can maybe encourage somebody else that's going through some things. And in the meantime, I can keep looking toward the reality that my hope is not in this world. What a hope. What a hope I have. Jesus is good. He's with me. Amen? Thanks for joining us. For more of our messages and information on our ministries, you can visit tfhchurch.ca. Have a great week.